0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Anti-Wedding Wedding Wedding Club. So we have a really exciting episode today. We were able to get in touch with Leslie Voorhees Means, who is the co-founder and CEO of Anomaly. If you haven't heard about Anomaly yet, they are a website company that creates 100% custom handmade wedding dresses for every type of bride. And it gives you the ability to design your own dream dress with fabrics and lace and beading and styles options. And it's made just for you. The thing that I really love about this is that with the wedding dress industry, not a lot has changed over the years. It's been kind of the same experience, the say yes to the dress moment. And I think that there's definitely room for growth in this space. Also, a lot of brides, you know, maybe not a ton, but it definitely seems more common that a lot of brides are moving away from this need to wear a white dress. I think that people are expanding their, or actually no, more so they're bringing in their own personal style, and if a white dress just really isn't on brand for them, they're not really wanting to wear them. So I think that this is a good thing. To disrupt any industry it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with the white dress. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with getting a dress from a boutique. But I think that there should be options. There should never just be one way that you have to do something. So enter Anomaly um, or other companies like them, being able to kind of do something different. I am going to do a bigger episode and probably multiple episodes on the history of the wedding dress and everything. That's not this episode. This one is more so the interview with Leslie where we talk about her own wedding and kind of how Anomaly was created and her frustrations with the wedding dress shopping that she went through personally, Uh, styles, trends, what's kind of going on at the moment, how plus size brides struggle a lot when it comes to the traditional boutique experience of buying a dress. And kind of just, you know, a couple of other things that it was just a really, it was a really great conversation. Um, Leslie is very knowledgeable and really lovely to talk to. So I hope you guys enjoy this. We will, uh, don't worry, I promise that we will have a bigger <laughs> episode on, on dresses and more so not just the interview. But I think that the interview stands well alone by itself, so I didn't want to take away from that. Anyway, so I hope you enjoy the interview. I talked to Leslie last week. If you have any questions for me, if you have any questions for her, please just reach out. Their Instagram is just called Anomaly, so it's A-N-O-M-A-L-I-E, and you can find them on IG, and then you can also find them at addressanomaly.com if you would like to look up their stuff online. All right, let's get on with the interview. Well, welcome to another episode, guys, of Anti-Wedding Wedding Wedding Club. Today, we have a, I'm super excited to say that we have a guest, um, Leslie. I'm going to pronounce your name wrong. Voorhees means? Yep. Oh, that was right. Ah, Yeah. I did it. I'm so (laughs) good at names and I'm really proud of myself right now. That was perfect. Awesome. And you are one of the co-founders of Anomaly. Yes, that's right. Co-founder and CEO. Wonderful. We love women bosses, so that's Fantastic. Happy to be here. Yeah. So uh, if you want to maybe give a start, kind of explain who you are, do a little bit of a dive into what Anomaly is, and then we'll kind of start talking about the lovely wedding industry that we've both been a part of.
1: Oh yeah, sure. Happy to dive in. So uh, Anomaly makes custom wedding dresses and we're direct to consumer, meaning we don't have shops um, which 95 plus percent of wedding dresses are sold in bridal boutiques so we're definitely an atypical um, uh, process or um, you know something relatively new. I think we're used to purchasing a lot of things online now and um, that would have been uh, that, that would have seemed crazy, you know, even just a couple years ago and wedding dresses is one of those areas that still hasn't really been disrupted by uh, an online presence, but we have seen that there's a lot of value and a lot of really good things that can come from selling online, uh, mainly Uh, a much deeper level of customization uh, and personalization. And then also our prices, we can um, offer much more competitive prices given we don't have to pay for uh, retail shops and um, a lot of salespeople, we can consolidate that and have that all centralized. And then the third reason we really like um, direct-to-consumer is uh, all of our dresses are made to order and made to measure for each individual bride's body. And so rather than trying on um, a set of dresses in a store. We're able to make every dress unique for, for each individual bride. And um, we started the company about, gosh, almost four years ago now. And I was never expecting to be uh, the leader of a wedding dress company. This uh, really just came out of a personal frustration of mine when I was shopping for my wedding dress and was having a really hard time finding exactly what I wanted in stores. Uh, I got married on New Year's Eve and um, it was like kind of New Year's Eve themed uh, party almost. And um, I was really wanting a long sleeve Dress and had a really, really hard time finding it, and then was also just shocked by the prices um, of wedding dresses. It was, you know, the most expensive thing I'd ever bought, except for maybe a computer and doing the math, wearing it for only a couple hours just didn't really make a lot of sense in my mind. And so I started exploring other options. And my uh, background is in manufacturing and mechanical engineering. I've um, worked my entire career in supply chains and worked for Nike for a couple of years and was working for Apple at the time when I got engaged and was in China quite a bit and did a little bit of research because I had a lot of coworkers that had custom clothing made, custom uh, suits and shirts um, and things made in and around the Shanghai area and did a little bit of research. I thought maybe I could have um, a wedding dress custom made for me and found... Um, a city outside of Shanghai that makes 80% of the world's wedding dresses. It's, um, you know, this hub of craft and expertise and manufacturing and beautiful, beautiful uh, dresses. And Chinese women were used to the tradition of going to Suzhou and picking out um, all of the elements of her dress. And um, so I decided to, to go explore it for myself and got to pick out everything from the lace and the beading and the exact uh, design and silhouette and got my fitted sleeves that were so important in my dress. And then it was, uh, you know, about, uh, it was a fraction of what it would have cost um, to do something like that in America. And Um, They made the dress to fit my body and was just really, it was exactly what I was hoping for and also much less expensive. And so I had, um, you know, mentioned this to a couple of girlfriends and almost immediately had uh, requests for the next time I was in China, like orders, I guess, before that we were even a company. And Um, you know, realized really quickly that other women were feeling the same frustrations as me and, um, you know, were okay going outside the traditional route and the traditional, um, you know, boutique say yes to the dress moment um, in order to find a dress that was less expensive or um, had elements um, of the design that she was really looking for, or, you know, also having trouble with fit. And so, um, you know that was that was again almost four years ago and since then we've um, i quit my job at Apple and um, started uh, fundraising and um, you know got some venture capital to go after this idea and we 've grown. A lot in the last couple years, um, just based on I think the the same uh, assumption around women don't necessarily want or need to find their perfect dress um, through the the typical boutique experience, and then also um, I think something that's becoming really really clear is women don't necessarily want um, a white lace wedding dress. They want um, you know elements that are personalized to them. So we've done. Everything from colored dresses to custom embroidery, and um, you know some crazy designs that we can dive into. But I, it's it's such a it's such an important part of the wedding and such an emotional, I mean, it's the most important garment a woman is ever going to wear. And so it should be a deeply personal um, connection and it should be everything um, you know, that, a, that a bride wants. I don't think you should ever have to settle for such an important purchase and an important um, you know, centerpiece of, of the wedding. And so we feel really lucky to be a part of um, you know, such an, an important element of this really, really important day.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. There's, there's so many things I want to talk about in all of that. Um, but the first thing that's that really stood out to me though, 80% of dresses that 80% of dresses worldwide come from one city in China. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It is crazy, yeah. They um, there.
1: It was originally part of uh, like the Silk Road, so it's had has this you know thousand year old tradition in silks and um, the manufacturing of the materials, and then um, since then. Uh, has has merged into more of the craft and expertise around actual um, construction of the garments. This was something that I knew nothing about before. Um, before starting Anomaly, I was um, originally at Nike. I was a footwear manufacturer, and then Apple for the watch. So I've gone from shoes to watches to now wedding dresses. But it's really, um, <clears throat> you know, an amazing ex- uh, experience and an amazing product. It's a really complicated technical product. All of the if uh, wedding dresses have lace. All All of the lace is cut out and applied and pinned by hand. It's this, you know, couture practices that are put into place with um, really beautiful results. And um, it's been really fun to be uh, a part of the, you know, the creation side as well, just seeing how much care and and craft is involved in in everything.
0: So you started this. So basically the company came because you were getting married and you realized that you didn't want to do kind of the traditional way of finding a dress. You were, we were frustrated with it what was so did you go to a bridal studio and try on dresses like how was that kind of experience for you and i mean price points and things like you wanted sleeves which i love that that is a thing now i'm a huge fan (laughs) of sleeves on dresses and i see more and more brides wearing them and i'm thrilled because i want sleeves on mine so i love that um but what was kind of the experience and that like what pieces of it frustrated you yeah, it was I mean,
1: so I did go the traditional route and uh, you know, set up appointments at at the bridal boutiques and I think, um, and and even, you know, went to New York to Kleinfelds, which is the the shop on Say Yes to the dress. I wanted mm-hmm. I wanted to explore all my options and um went in with an open mind. Uh I think one part that was really was that you can't just walk into a bridal boutique. You have to set up appointments weeks, sometimes months in advance. And so that seemed, uh, you know, as a consumer pretty inconvenient. And then another part um, that was really surprising was they don't, none of the dresses in in many bridal boutiques, they don't have price tags on them. It's like um, the, the pricing opacity it's, it's a funny, unique thing. Um, I remember noticing it, uh, with mattresses as well. If you go into like an old school mattress store, which now, you know, you can buy mattresses online, they wouldn't, um, they would obscure the name of the, of the mattress and the brand. So it's really difficult to price compare and like go online and, and, um, shop around. And they do the same thing with, with wedding dresses. A lot of boutiques will obscure the name of the brand or, um, the name of the dress model. And then also not show the price. Um, So it makes it really difficult to price compare and and, uh, price shop, which I was uh, on a, you know, a a budget for my wedding and had a, um, you know, a range that I wanted to spend for my dress and given, um, you know, what I also wanted in my dress, it was really hard to find something, um, that wasn't just outrageously expensive. So in, in my book, that's like more than a couple thousand dollars. Um, and so it was, was really, you know, turned off by the, by the prices. And then I think for me, um, Another thing was I would find a dress and I liked part of it. Maybe I would like the skirt or I would like the lace that was used, but I didn't like the neckline and, um, or the, the train was too long or too short or, um, there were just elements I'd love to be able to pull from a couple different dresses, but there wasn't one with all of those elements. And then the cost also to, to customize is, um, really expensive and difficult with, um, you know, boutiques carrying sets. A set inventory, and then the other weird thing was, I think, just the uh, intimacy with the uh, bridal boutique salespeople, which I think um, you know, they're <laughs> super knowledgeable and and are trying to help, but like you are in there, butt naked with a complete stranger, and then kind of paraded around the store, which I, I you know convinced myself that it was kind of fun and different, but it was also a little bit embarrassing and kind of strange for me. And, um, yeah, I I just, uh, I, I couldn't get over that. I was, um, you know, uh, just bearing it all for, for a complete stranger. And, and, uh, I, I didn't go shopping with my, um, mom or girlfriends. I ended up going by myself and actually brought my fiance to a couple of them because, his, his opinion was important to some of these, um, to, to this decision. And, um, that was also kind of strange. It wasn't, um, it just wasn't the typical, I guess, say yes to the dress TLC moment but that w- also just wasn't something that I wasn't, you know, necessarily looking for need in the process.
0: How did that, how do you, how did that go bringing your fiance versus bringing your friends and family? Were they upset that they didn't get to go or, and was he, was he invested in it? Cause I feel like some men would be whatever, but I feel like some, I feel like some fiancés definitely would have an opinion or want to experience that moment.
1: Yeah. He, um, I don't think he had strong opinions. Like I really like this one. I don't like this one. Um, but I think he was happy to be a, a part of it. And later on, as we were shopping a little bit more, that was as the idea for Anomaly was starting to form. And so we talk about, um, business ideas and, um, you know, entrepreneurial ideas. And so that was part of, I guess, the journey was um, having him along for, for part of the ride. And then, yeah, I, it's funny you ask about uh, about other people. I, I think part of wedding planning, you realize very quickly that it's not just necessarily about um, about you and your fiance, but also Um, your mom and your future mother-in-law and your friends that want to you know it's it's your support system that um care about you and want to be a part of it and especially from the mom's perspective they've been dreaming about this since the day you were born or your you know partner was born and um so I think my mom was a little bit hurt that she wasn't a part of the shopping experience and um you know something that she was originally expecting and so what we did was um pulled out her old wedding dress that she had uh, packaged up and um, protected under her bed. And so tried that on. And funnily enough, the dress I ended up being was really similar to my mom's dress for everything except for the, she had bell sleeves and I had fitted sleeves. I, I think if I would have waited a couple more years, I could have worn her dress perfectly because now that like 70s, 80s vibe is like coming back. But it's, <laughs> yeah. it's an interesting, I mean, it's, it's an interesting part of wedding dresses is they actually don't change much over time. The core elements of the wedding dress, um, you know, it, it being like mainly white or like having lace or not, or like the silhouettes or the structure and um, all of these things like don't actually change much over time. So it's a great garment to be Um, mass produced in a custom way and so uh, as um, you know with my manufacturing background that was really fascinating thinking about gosh these like a lot of these elements are really similar but if you can swap out components to be customized so for instance the sleeves or maybe instead of white lace you want colored lace or instead of the base fabric being white you could have the base fabric be purple. Um, you can swap in and out these components and it still feels very wedding dressy, but also um, you know, more unique and more personal.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I think that it's interesting. The company I work for, my real job besides the podcast is with industrial companies. And so you have certain industries where you notice things don't change or they haven't changed in 50 years, 70 years. And then now, you know, as technology has changed and we've changed our buying behavior and how we just, I mean, even digest anything that we, like content, how we buy, just all of the things. And then you add in a global pandemic and that changes it even more. But it's interesting when you take an old industry that really hasn't changed at all in recent history and modern history, and then try to flip it on its head. Um, it's so true. It's, and I think it's interesting with the, with the
1: pandemic too, and how weddings are changing and weddings have been changing, I think for a couple of years, even pre COVID, mm -hmm. but I I think what's, um, leaves me with some optimism, or I think inspirational to me is that it's kind of stripping away all the stuff that maybe doesn't matter or matter to you at the end of the day, the, a wedding is a deeply personal, commitment between you and your partner and um, you know you can bring in the traditions that you want and maybe strip away the things that don't matter much and that that's what I love about um, you know brides kind of taking back the power with what is really important to them and leaving those traditions in place and uh, it's it's representative in wedding dress Well, I think a lot of wedding dresses look like wedding dresses, but some components are a little bit different, or shaken up, or turned on its, and um, that's what makes it even more personal and special.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I think that's like that's the whole concept for anti wedding wedding club. Is when I planned weddings all these years, and even though I don't really do them anymore, since I retired, but a lot of my friends are getting married, and I'm getting to the age where I've actually now finally started thinking about what I would do if I got married. It is true because I think about all of the traditions and I felt this dread, which nobody should feel dread about their wedding. But I would feel this sense of dread of, okay, so I'm expected to do all of these things. I'm gonna have and then I'm I'm a plus size woman. So then for me, the thought of buying a dress is terrifying. I can only imagine that, you know, they'll have like a few sample sizes that maybe fit my boobs and they'll just like stuff me into it like a little sausage and then what do they do those like huge bag clips on the back of a dress to try yeah, to big binder clips yep <laughs> i can just see it now and it sounds horrendous and i'm like i want no part of this nor would yeah, i want to it's wear a white not, dress
1: it's but- not, yeah it's not a process that i think is um reflective of america today and maybe and that's that was another thing that is just um uh, you know, we're, we're especially grateful for at anomalies, our plus size brides, which for the, the boutique um, buying experience just isn't set up for diverse body sizes, which is a shame because the, the average American bridal boutique doesn't carry the average American woman's size, which is a bridal size 14. It's um, I mean, it's outrageous. So I don't think it's very good business either. Cause you're cutting out a lot of your potential customers or limiting their choices so much. And so you know, um, I think it's about uh, focusing, brides focusing on important, maybe the the boutique moment is really important and you're willing to have less choice um, or, you know, budget a little bit more to have that moment. Great. I think, you know, what we're finding is a lot of women don't even find that much value in trying on dresses and what they want is a dress that fits well and is beautiful and has, you know, the, the design elements that they're looking for. And we're able to do that through this, you know, remote online process.
0: Well, and I think that it's an interesting way to think about it. Cause I've always, like when you're buying a dress or at least the wedding dress, and then you always hear the story of the girl or the bride, you know, like I'm on a diet so I can fit the dress. And so you're always, you're morphing your body, even if you're thin, everybody's like trying to be their, their best Weights or whatever it is for their wedding, but you're always trying to fit the make that you're trying to fit the dress versus the dress fitting you, which I think okay. is really cool with you guys because the dress is, the dress is made for you. So it's, it's, you know, no matter what you look like, it's made to look the best for your body because that's, it was custom made for you.
1: Yeah. And I think uh, also just debunking some, assumptions around what um silhouettes or styles look good on your body um not all bridal boutiques do this but we have heard horror stories from plus size women in particular that want um, you know, a fitted dress or fit flare mermaid style show off their their booty. It's and then um, salespeople steer them away towards more A-line or ball gown skirts. It's um, which I think is outrageous. All, all women look great in all different styles. I think it's more about what you want to flaunt and accentuate and show off, and um, you know that can be any range of of silhouettes. Uh, regardless of your, of your shape. And that's um, uh, another thing that is so cool about, about custom is that you can really like pick and choose what, what's most important to you.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's kind of what's been happening with the wedding industry. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that too. But as you mentioned, I think weddings have been changing the last couple of years. If you look at the nineties, even the two thousands, I feel like it was still very much the cookie cutter general wedding that if you went to one wedding, you probably went to 50. They all kind of look the same. Maybe yeah, there was yeah. a different color, but you know, it was the same aesthetic, the same, uh, you know, ceremony, reception, all the same order, all that jazz. And if you look at it now in the last couple of years, even before COVID, it's definitely started to change and people have realized that they can bring their personality of their spouse and of themselves into the actual wedding and if something doesn't make sense for them to do because it doesn't match with their beliefs or their aesthetic or their the overall idea of what they want that they can change it because there are no rules and especially now in 2020 my favorite thing to say is there are no rules this year yep <laughs> do whatever you want like i opening wine on a tuesday there are no rules i'm going to do it because no rules of <laughs> Is it 330? Yes, it is. I don't care. It's gonna happen anyway.
1: <laughs> but it's so true. I think, and and ultimately that that should be what the wedding is all about. The wedding should fit the couple, not the couple change to fit what
0: we think of as a wedding. Yes, exactly. And this is such a new concept though to people in anything, in the dress, in how you what your ceremony looks like, what your reception looks like. Do you have a bridal party? Do you not? I mean all of these things i I had a couple of brides dm me on Instagram and say, I never realized I didn't have to do this, and that blows my mind. Maybe I'm yeah. just a rebel, but how like how did you not realize that you didn't have to do this and well, I'm so I glad think, that you well, now do realize that
1: yeah, yeah, I think it's um no i I think it's really just about um questioning or uh talking about these so-called traditions that might not even necessarily be traditions. And I love, I love the trend of, um, questioning, you know, every part of this really important, oftentimes very expensive day to, to make sure it's something that is, you know, uniquely
0: you and your fiance. Absolutely. So as it's, as the industry's morphing two two part question, Kind of where do you see it in the next five years or so and kind of from now? And then also what changes have you guys seen for brides this year because we are in a you know COVID situation? Kind of how has that impacted your guys' business and the industry and kind of what you see going from there as well?
1: Yeah, great question. And what I mean what we're seeing that's good for us and good for the wedding dress industry is women are still buying wedding dresses a lot a lot of things are changing with weddings, especially this year. And, you know, my heart goes out to to brides that have had to change or cancel their original plans. But what we're seeing is that there's a lot changing with um, the event and the day itself. So the venue changing, the venue getting downsized, the guest list getting downsized, you know, all of the extras changing, adjusting, getting smaller, but What um, is consistent is that brides still want to wear a special dress and look and feel beautiful, um, which is really cool. I mean, and cool for us, because, um, you know, we're still a part of that very special day. Um, And, I mean, looking into the future, I think I think COVID is, uh, pushing us uh, definitely like pushing the retail sector to think more about direct to consumer. I mean, I I think millennials, people our age are thinking, um, and purchase a lot online anyway, but actually most of America still buys a lot in, um, brick and mortar stores. And I think there's just going to be a generally a more, more openness, um, and, uh, just people feeling better about buying more online including things that people have not bought online before, like groceries, for instance, but also wedding dresses and um, you know I, I think i I, it, I guess my prediction um, is that wedding dresses are still going to be generally white and with, with lace and, and have these like, uh, traditional silhouettes. That's our bet. That's how we're building our company, but still that it needs to be this deeply personal, um, uh, garment that represents you and that fits really well and is high quality and beautiful and photographs beautifully. And so I think, um, you know, that's, that's remaining the same. I think one interesting trend that uh, was around before COVID, but has turned up quite a bit now is the idea of this convertible dress or like a flexible dress. Um, So the way we see that the most often is the idea of this like big dramatic uh, Overskirt um, that is just a skirt that can be removed to reveal something more fitted or sleek or short um, underneath for the, the after party or for the reception or dinner and dancing. And so you can have these photographs of um, this, you know, this uh, not, not a very functional dress, but beautiful dress for the parts that you're maybe just walking around or standing or getting their pictures taken and then revealing this like fun um, you know, more casual or more movable dress um, afterward, which I, I just love that. And we've seen that with other um, elements like big dramatic veils, you know, have always been um, something that we've seen with weddings, but also now capes. We see tons of capes and some big dramatic, beautiful cape that can be removed later. Um and then also like uh, sleeves, removable sleeves or shrugs or um, accessories that can be revealed later for um, you know, the more casual aspects of, of the evening. But I love that, um, I, I love that idea. And I love the value of almost two for one, it's like two dresses for the, uh, you know, the you know, less than the price of two dresses and you get um, these two, uh, like distinct moments with the dress, which I think is super cool.
0: Yeah, I, that, and that's a great idea, too, because I've seen way too many brides struggle in their huge dress when it comes to, you know, they've done the pictures, they're married, they're now they've had dinner, and it comes time to dance. And these poor girls are sweating and just, like, trying to lift up the bodice of their dress. Because, I mean, they're, they're, some of these wedding dresses are really heavy. There's a lot yeah, of material. It's hot. Um, so I always tell if we're in a ballroom, I'm like, blast the AC because they're all about to die. But kind yes. of watch them dance in this huge dress. Um, it yeah, it'd be cool if you could just have the big dramatic. But they want the dramatic dress for the ceremony, so it's like if you can take it and then morph it without having to buy two dresses and do a, a whole outfit change. Uh, that could be really a fun way to change it up.
1: Yeah, I love, I love, love, love that tradition. And I think, yeah, it's it's fun to think about like swapping in and out things, mi- mixing and matching, and. Um, Yeah. And then also like the practicality of it, which, you know, (laughs) that's another thing that we talk about with our brides, which it's again, all about prioritization. What's important to you if having this like really glamorous big dress is important. Great. The expectation is that it's not going to necessarily be comfortable or it's going to be heavy. You're not going to be able to move around as much as, you know, if you're in yoga pants or whatever, but, um, and then if you're really prioritizing comfort and movability or breathability, depending on where your wedding is, maybe it's outside, we can, Um, You know, it's, it's about picking out the right fabrics or um, the right uh, sleeve length or neckline to make sure that you're staying cool. So yeah, it's but um, that's another thing that like, you don't necessarily have your dress match to the um, venue or or season, I think potentially COVID could, uh, turn that tradition on its head too, because maybe a bride was originally expecting to get married in the summer and she's had to kick the wedding back another six months. And, you know, if, if you want to wear a strapless dress or you want to wear a long sleeve, I think honestly, if I would have gotten married in the summer, I still would have worn a long sleeve dress. Cause I, I agree with you. I love the sleeve tradition. I think it's really beautiful and can be done in a way that doesn't feel wintry or summery. I think, um, you know, that's, it's, it's kind of up to you with what you, uh, what what you want to wear. And if you're getting married in the forest and you want to wear a glamorous, you know, beaded dress, good
0: for you. I think that's just fine. Yeah. The only time I would say, don't do that is I had one wedding where the girl was wearing a pretty decent sized kind of ball gown dress. And then, you know, how some of the dresses underneath, they have the Petty, the petticoats or pettiskirts or whatever they're called and then kind of the... Petticoats, yeah. Petticoats, yeah. And then they're all, it's almost kind of like netting in a way. It's like the ruffles that kind of pull, that make it look bigger underneath. Yep, she, yeah. Petticoats. So she got married on, across like, so there was a venue and then across the street was the beach. So they had the ceremony on the beach and, you know, she walked down the their little aisle thing and then they walked back to get to the ceremony or to the reception. And as she's walking back... She looks at me and she says, My dress is like 20 pounds heavier. We pulled it up. There was sand. Just oh like no. Ha- like it was in the dress. We had, it to had collected. Her. It had collected. <laughs> when she walked down the aisle, it just had like collected all the sand. And so we had to take it off of her and like dump it on its head and like try to get all of the sand out. There was still sand in it. We couldn't get all of it out. We tried the best oh. we could. And, and so in that instance brides, if you're listening, if you're getting married on the beach, do not wear <laughs> was a huge underskirt because it was a nightmare.
1: Yeah. Petticoats or tears are yeah um, probably asking for, for trouble, or at least you need to be ready for it to be a little bit heavier. Yeah. Her.
0: Oh, oh God, that poor girl, her, her face. She just looked at me like, oh my God, there's something wrong. It's <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> oh, no. oh no. And then of course, like, like you're saying, like we had to take her out of everything. She's basically butt naked in the bathroom with me and my assistant dumping sand out of her dress.
1: <laughs> I bet you have seen it all being a wedding planner. I cannot imagine what kind of craziness happens behind the scenes. That, that was one thing that I told my wedding planner. I was like, I do not want to know anything unless it's going to cost a lot of money. Like, don't tell me, just make a game time call. I don't want to know. I've heard that like, thing things to do, go though. wrong all the
0: time. I'm, yeah, okay, good. I've seen too many things, and honestly, it's definitely changed my view of weddings and like how what I would do because I've seen too many things. It's like scarred me for life. But um, and like yeah, you never want to know though. And if anything ever did happen, I would always go to the groom. That was my agreement. If something happens, I'm gonna go to the groom, and That's he has. To, if, if I have to talk to somebody, and because I can't That's make good. a decision by myself, don't, and don't I bother the bride the, though. Yeah. Do not bother the bride ever unless it is the most dire situation and even then i really don't want to bother <laughs> but they always ask after i always get the email or the phone call post wedding a few days later when they come back from the honeymoon and they want to know what really happened oh they're like well
1: I mean. okay tell me tell me what happened <laughs> yeah
0: they're like who was bad was it and then like they have like a they have like a i had one couple that had a bet that it was going to be one person or another You're like, which one was it? it?" That like crazy cousin on either side. Like, oh, yeah. I've had to kick people out of weddings before. I had to yell at a mom. I made a mom cry once. I was just like, oh, good Lord, help me.
1: A wedding planner is like the ultimate. I mean, you have to have so many different skills. It's like really good organization and negotiation, but also like your, I guess, day of, you're part bouncer, part problem solver. Part like all of these things.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm like part sober coach. I had another wedding where the girl was literally two pounds. And she, I always tell brides, you got to eat food, guys. Don't forget to eat. And she kind of forgot oh, yeah. to eat. I tried, but she didn't eat very much. Had way too much champagne. And um, I had to. I shouldn't say this out loud, but she ended up like puking off the balcony of the Four Seasons while I was. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> she was not was good. It was not good. The video towards the end of the night couldn't be used because she was donezo, and um, it's so hard because you're trying to watch everyone, and her coworkers were crazy, and they were also drunk. One was asleep in a corner. I'm like, this is the Four Seasons. This is the Four Seasons. They're so just looking that at That sounds I'm like, like I'm so a wedding worried. I want to go to, though. That outrageous. I mean, they had a great time. It was a great sounds wedding. Like it was a beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was a party for sure. But yeah, there's just like all these things. Um, but I mean, they make for good stories. And it's they're so fun on the day of. I mean, weddings, for as much as I complain about them sometimes, it's so amazing to see people like exchange vows and have this huge party and celebrate their love. As corny as it is, even all of the stuff that goes into it—the the blood, sweat, and tears—and all the things that are difficult—at the end of the day, you get to marry your person. And watching that yeah. is always—I feel very um, fortunate to see people get to do that.
1: I completely agree. That is—I mean—we are here for it. its i, I, I <laughs> wonder. I mean, I've been in this for you know, almost four years now. And I don't think I'll ever get sick of weddings. I talk about weddings and wedding dresses all day, every day. And it is still so magical um, and so unique and different and special every time. It's like, I don't think I'll ever get, get bored or get tired of them.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's ever evolving, which is great. On that note, I did want to pick your brain though. So I, we've touched a few, few times on, there's kind of these different trends, you know, sleeves have come back in, now bell sleeves are kind of coming in, if you want color, if you not. What are some of the main trends you've seen in the last maybe, I don't know, 18 months, two years, um, and kind of what's coming up now that is different from the the regular old, you know, strapless white dress?
1: Yeah, I think, um, so color is a big one, which I love. And it doesn't necessarily mean you need a colored dress. Um, Although there are uh, a lot, a lot of black dresses that we're seeing, um, which is super cool. And I think, uh, you know, perfectly flipping the typical white wedding dress on its head. And it can still have a lot of the elements of a wedding dress. So we have a lot of big... Um, you know, a liner ball gown, tulle silhouette skirts with black lace applique and a black veil. Um, so it still feels very bridal. It's just instead of white, it's black, which I think is really, really cool. And I mean, par- part of like the magic of um, talking to brides every day and, and uh, being custom is that we hear what brides want, like immediately. And they are on top of the trends, um, like before they're even happening or as they're happening. And so I, I don't know if you, um, how much TV you watch, but I was binge watching selling sunset as probably most of America was within the last couple of weeks. And, um, one of the main characters, Christine has her wedding and she wears this just beautiful, extremely dramatic black wedding dress. And I thought, well, I've, you know, I've been hearing about this for the past year with our brides because, um, you know, it just started coming up organically that brides were, um, looking for something different, but still special and beautiful and high quality fitted, you know, uh, photogenic, and then something that's not a typical wedding dress. So I love, love, love the black dress trend. Um, and then other, other, uh, colors that are brought in in a you know a more subtle way is colored lace. So a, a traditional white dress, some of the traditional outlines of the wedding dress, but then the lace is uh, gold or um, you know silver metallic or bright pops of color like orange and um, red or purple hues. So I think there's some cool things that we're seeing with the colored lace, and then. Also just colored tulle with the traditional white lace on top. And so you can imagine, um, you know, I I think the champagne and and blushes have been around for a couple of years, which I just think is beautiful. And, you know, depending on uh, your skin tone or your vibe that you're going for, I think can be a really um, beautiful different alternative for Uh, the white or like soft white, but then, um, you know, more, more colors being brought in. So rather than just champagne blushes, we've seen a lot of like slate, gray, uh, blue, we have a really beautiful uh, purple, kind of like mauvey um, lavender color that I think is really beautiful. And I, um I love that as still a nod to the traditional wedding dress but then um you know pretty pretty unique in terms of the uh color so i love um I love the color trends and then another um i think thing that we've seen is just uh the like newer laces and trending laces so you can imagine a traditional wedding dress has that like chantilly lace with these traditional floral shapes but we, um, you know, we get a lot of requests for geometric, like, boulder shapes and, um, you know, boulder, like, scallops and scroll shapes or lattice shapes, um, like, cool big roses or, like, really large flowers rather than, like, um, you know, flowers maybe the size of your hand or something as the motif, but, like, really big oversized uh, shapes. And I think that also is a cool, you um, Uh, you know, iteration on a traditional bridal look that's still, you know, you look at it and you're like, yeah, that's a wedding dress, but it, it's not, you know, what everyone else is wearing. And I just love like playing around with the elements of um, a dress. So color being one, um, Brocade is another thing that um, we've started seeing quite a bit of, and I would imagine we're going to see more of, so that really textured, almost like quilty fabric, but Mm -hmm. has um, embossed or debossed patterns of florals or um, kind of cool shapes, and so it's, uh, you know, it doesn't have lace or beading, but it's still has lots of depth and is, um, I think really beautiful and cool. Um, and also I think easier for those like smaller silhouettes. So you don't have to have these like big, heavy, um, lace appliques or beading weighing down the dress. You can have this like beautiful, uh, just like fabric and have the fabric speak for itself. So, um, I'm trying to think of other ones that, uh, that I'm loving. I think like the, uh, we're seeing a lot of seventies, um, vibes trending. So I love that you mentioned sleeves like fitted sleeves were on a- any dress that had a sleeve was all, all, always fitted sleeve up until maybe 6 or 12 months ago it's like bell sleeves and um like a cuffed sleeve with like big balloon um blue oh, sign uh, kind of style which i think is so cool yeah it's like it's kind so kind of
0: victorian kind of 70s like, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. When I think of like the boho
1: vibes. That's like, it's not necessarily just a pared down dress. It can actually be with these like cool elements of, um, Uh, like, yeah, interesting sleeves. And then Swiss dot is another one that I love, which is um, just uh, like really tiny, tiny polka dots. But that's another one where the fabric is like speaking for itself. And it's not the traditional tool or lace or, um, you know, some of the structured silks like Duchess Satin and kind of those shiny heavy fabrics, but it's like this really cool Um, Texture with like little dots that um, I just think is really delicate and beautiful. And um, brides have brought it in on, you know, in uh, like as a layer in their skirt or as um, you know the fabric for their sleeves or uh, underneath lace to give more depth. Um, It's just I mean it's it's pretty amazing like seeing what brides will come up with in terms of different combinations of things that um, are are really really beautiful. So I think I mean anything goes. But those are my um, those are probably my
0: favorite. Uh, trends that I'm seeing. I'm here for the polka dots. That's one, of my favorite, <laughs> that's one of my favorite patterns for life. I have way too many polka dot dresses in my closet. Um, I love that. So, but now, so then, see, this is what it's supposed to do. Now I'm excited. Now I want to plan a wedding because now I want to play my wedding dress. And now yeah, good. I wasn't before. So there you go. You just sold me on Anomaly. <laughs> I'll <laughs> tell you whenever I get engaged. Good. We're, we're here for you um that's so fun I like the um I definitely follow a couple of the festival bride boho bride kind of things on Instagram and where I just I love the everybody's wearing their hair down and it's flowy and they have these gorgeous they are intricate dresses but they have you know like these big sleeves or this like really cool shape on the bottom um but they're they look effortless they don't look yeah. like they're difficult to wear I've also seen a couple of designers coming up with um, more, I guess I would describe it as ruffles. There's this one designer, I can't remember her name now, um, but there was this one dress she designed that had a high neck and layers of ruffles. I mean, I could never wear a dress like this. It would not look good on me. But the model that was wearing it, it was just stunning. It was- fabulous. I love, yeah. The tears is like, um, uh, we see a lot of skirts
1: with the tears and it's not something- that you ever really see anywhere else. Like what other garment has that, you know, you, you can wear like a fitted skirt that a wedding, but like years I think are pretty unique and and cool. I, it's funny you mentioned the high collar too, cause um, like mandarin collar, high collared, uh, especially lace. You can do like a cool keyhole back. Um, that's been really popular too, is that like more conservative neckline with like some cool elements, like, a you know, it's sexy with a, a fitted skirt or sexy with having that keyhole in the back or like a plunging neckline with the mm-hmm. high collar. I just think is super cool.
0: Yeah. It's definitely morphed from the, I feel like for a while there, everybody was wearing the sweetheart neckline strapless with the yeah. you know, big skirt. That was, that was a dress <laughs> on Say Yes to the Dress for years. That was what everybody was mm-hmm. hearing. <laughs> yeah. But how cool
1: that there's not really like the dress of the moment now. It's like, it can run the whole gamut. I mean, big, huge princess dresses, you know, traditional strapless sweetheart neckline. And then, you know, bo- boho styles, long trains, short trains, cutout trains, like that I, I, we've seen so, so much. And I think that's, so representative that like, there's not this traditional wedding style anymore. Pe- brides are really like, um, you know, ma- making it their own.
0: Well, yeah, I think that, and I was talking to my mom about this the other day, our generation, so millennials, like I'm on where I I think you're, you're similar age to me. We're on like the, the beginning. Elder millennials, millennials. right? We're the elder, yes, we're the elder millennials. <laughs> I, was born, I was still born in the eighties. I didn't have That's a right. smartphone until I was in college, um, <laughs> but you know, our generation. And then is it Gen Z, the one that's after us? I can't even remember. I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, but it's so, we're so different from my mom's generation. My mom is going to be 60 this year and actually next month. So almost here and happy birthday mom. I know. Happy birthday mommy. Um, but we're only 27 years apart. That's not that much time. And in yeah. days and generations previously, 27 years was not that massive of a change in terms of how you lived your life, who you were, how you got married, kind of how you dated, all of these different things. And because I was trying to explain to her dating now, and she just she was like, I don't understand any of this. It sounds horrible. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, it's not that great. Um, but You know, how our generation, and I'm proud of this because I feel like we really, the millennial generation and then now on, really decided at some point that we were going to do what we wanted to do. Like come hell or high water, it was like, wait a minute, that's not how I want to live my life or that's not what I want to wear or how I want to think about something. And we just opened up the doors to change things and disrupt things and and question them. And I think that's happened in almost like every asset and, and piece of life at this point. Um, we've definitely kind of done that. And it's it's hit the wedding industry at full force, I think, at this point.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so true. And I don't know whether it's, um, I mean, it's empowering in some ways, because we're, you know, also very demanding, I would say, <laughs> we want everything, um, you know, we want everything now and want it to be easy, efficient, and inexpensive, but it's also a cool time to be um, a consumer and also a, um, a business person or an entrepreneur because there are so many opportunities for uh, improving, you know, how we, how we shop, how we live, um, you know, especially right now with uh, being, being locked at home. It's, I think there's a lot of opportunities for change too.
0: Yeah. Um, so what would be, last question for you, What would be your advice to brides as a previous bride, um, but to future brides, to brides now, if you could kind of wrap up in a bow, what your advice would be around weddings and kind of everything, what would that be?
1: Besides buying your wedding dress from Anomaly, right? Yes, definitely. I
0: um, (laughs) recommend that, but I'm very
1: biased. But um, I think my... uh, I think my advice would be just to um, uh, reflect on what is really important to you. And that is uh, with the dress and also the wedding itself, because you're going to have to prioritize unless, um, you know, unless you're, I guess, incredibly wealthy and you have no constraints over budget or, um, you know, a venue or anything, but uh, for, for a typical bride, I think you should reflect on what's important to you. Talk to, the people that are important in your life, um, in in the wedding as well. So oftentimes that's, uh, you know, obviously fiance, but probably parents or best friends. And I, I love that it's this tribal, um, you know, kind of event and it's important to other people as well. And when you say your vows or whatever your version of the vows are, you're, you're entering into a contract that many, many millions of people have done before you, which is Pretty cool. So I think it's worth having your community be a part of it if that's important to you. But I think really just um, you know think about what uh, what you want, and and I think it's totally fine to challenge um, what your idea of of a tradition is. Given we have this great trend of. Um, atypical weddings or non-traditional weddings that's that's happening around us. And so, you know, with the wedding dress in particular, I think um, think about, uh, what's important to you, what you want to show off, what you don't, um, I mean, for, for anomaly in particular, if you don't really know where to start, that's, that's why we exist as well. We've had, um, you know, thousands of brides wear our dresses and we've got a lot of amazing data and photos to help, um, help you decide on what's important and maybe do away with what's not important. And, um, and then i think advice for the day of is just i mean everyone says this but it goes by so fast and so just taking a breath and taking a step back and um looking around i mean oh i'm going to get emotional it's like it's it's uh-huh. a, a really different crazy thing you look around and like all of your people are there under one roof in one place for you. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's surreal. It's like an out of body experience for sure. And I just think there's, um, you know, you can't hype it up enough. There's a reason why it's a massive industry and a really, you know, big, uh, uh ha- has so much importance because it is important and um i think it's just about making it your own and and choosing what uh to to prioritize and what's most important for you on that day and maybe doing away with things that aren't as important and just enjoying the day for for what it is which it is uh it was definitely the best day of my life it was um all that i could have hoped for so i'm again I, i'm here for the weddings i love <laughs> i love weddings i can't shake them either <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, they're so, they're so special. I mean, some definitely are not as special as other ones. There's I've been some that are a little bit nightmare, but you know, that happens. Um, but I did like that. You really uh, said it does go by fast. I mean, even for a planner, it goes by fast. It's over in two seconds. I can only imagine what it feels like as a bride. And I always try to squirrel away the bride and the groom and like shove them into a room or an area where there's no people for 20 minutes after they get married. Like go just actually that. have a second and look at each other and realize that you're married and like don't deal with your mother in law for five minutes. Um, yeah,
1: our planner did that too. Or my my mom courted with her. I didn't even know it was happening, but right after the ceremony. We were shuffled away to the room that we got ready in, um, and had food also, which <laughs> is it's yep. funny you brought up the food story because I was so <laughs> excited all day, and you you know you you just don't even realize you're hungry or you're not hungry, and so to ha- take a second, acknowledge what happens, like have a quiet moment for yourself, eat a little bit, and then you know get back to the party. I really really liked that.
0: Yeah, that's very important. Eat a oh, cool because also if you have a cocktail hour, if you're doing pictures or anything. The bride and the groom and the bridal party don't get to eat any of that. So it's yeah. going to hide some for them because they're not going to get it otherwise. And then, yeah, you could have, uh, unfortunately, too much champagne. And the next thing you know, you haven't eaten anything and it's three hours later and here we go. It's going to be a of The four seasons, I guess. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, poor girl. <laughs> but you know what? She was fine. She got on a plane to like the South of France the next day and she, she figured it out. She was good. Good. She probably had a great night. No judgment. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm going to bed. I'm like, okay, hon. <laughs> the wedding continued. <laughs> I'm like, they'll be fine. <laughs> you go lay down. Um. All right. Well, I love that. That was such a great conversation. I know we've we've already been talking for an hour, and I don't want to keep you too long. Um. But thank you so much for coming on. I am was so excited to learn about anomaly and that you guys are changing up the industry, and just that you allow the flexibility for brides to create something that they really want, which I think is, that's my whole MO with weddings is, is that's the concept. Um, but if you want to plug your guys's like your handles or anywhere they can find you and and all that kind of info, if they're interested in reaching out. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, you can come to our site, which is D-R-E-S-S, Anomaly, dot ecom And um, I think maybe the easiest way to get to know us and our, br- our dresses is just on Instagram. We've got tons of amazing photos, see the range of, um, of dresses and brides. And that's just at Anomaly, A-N-O-M-A-L-I-E.
0: Wonderful. And yeah, I posted a dress. Um, I accidentally, I accidentally found it. I didn't even realize it was anomaly until I was looking at it. And I said, Oh my gosh, I'm talking to her next week. Um, uh, yeah, it was a bride and she had, um, this gorgeous, um, she had like a gorgeous head wrap on and it was a long sleeve lace dress that has like it goes back down that has like a nice little train and it was just stunning and it, it made me stop scrolling and then I realized it was an anomaly dress so I, got, I was like wow look at that
1: <laughs> I love it yeah that's the, oh that makes me so happy to hear
0: yeah well awesome all right well thank you so much and it was such a joy talking to you and I hope that everybody learned something from the conversation and can kind of explore what they want to do Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. you guys enjoyed that interview we had a really great time talking to Leslie and I felt that it was a it was an educational view into how the wedding dress industry works and just kind of what you should expect and like I said before what some different options are Uh, so again it's up to you whatever you want to do but it's my job to educate you so here is another option All right, before we wrap up the episode, we're going to go through a couple of questions that we got. So let's kick it off with the first one. My fiance and I wanted to skip the bridal party, but I do want a maid of honor. Would it be weird to just have a maid of honor and no one else? Girl, that's not weird at all. Your planning decisions are 100% up to you. I think that bridal parties can be a point of contention. Some of your friends may really want to be up there with you. I think that you can do something that makes sense to also have them feel included if that's important to you and your guys' friendship. But I also very much think that no one should be offended if they are not asked to have an official role in the wedding. And if you just want to have one person standing up there with you, then you should. Again, this is, I understand that guests need to feel the love and, and have to have a fun time at a wedding. And of course, like that is needed. But you also shouldn't have to completely change what you want because you're trying to appease other people. So, not weird at all. I say do it. Uh, one idea though, actually, so one of my best friends, her name's Joy, she was supposed to get married in July, but because of COVID, they're getting married in April. And she has a lot of sisters. We are a little group of friends. There's four of us total. I mean, of course, she wanted us to be bridesmaids. But if that happened, then she would have had, I don't know, like seven or eight bridesmaids. And that's a lot. Nobody – she didn't want to have that big of a wedding party. So what we did was is we named ourselves the B team. The three of us are going to wear dresses that are different colors. From the uh, bridesmaids, they're wearing a mint green. We're going to be wearing kind of like pinks and purples, which is another part of the wedding colors. So we can take some pictures with Joy, and so we're kind of all in the same, you know, aesthetic, I guess. But we're not walking down the aisle with her, and we're not like in the big thing. But we still get to have something that is ours to showcase our friendship and get some pictures that we really wanted. So that's one way to do it without having a million bridesmaids, but really, I would just talk to your friends and, you know, just let them know that what you, this is what you want, and that's just kind of, I hope they're okay with it. Okay. How do I make my wedding more memorable, and how do I make it stand out without breaking the bank? Great question. For me, honestly, I think that it's just actually paying attention to some of the smaller, meaningful details when it comes to planning a wedding and you want to have the wow factor and you don't want to break the bank, there, there needs to be like one or two bigger things that are really exciting that kind of make the wedding stand on its own two feet. And then from there, I would say the smaller details, things that a lot of people actually overlook or things that you can incorporate into the wedding that are very personal to you and your spouse. I think that's what helps a wedding really feel special and to stand out uh because then it's going to be different from other people and what they've done. All right. And then the last question we're going to do today, we want to save as much money as possible on our wedding. How do we keep it small and plan a cost-effective wedding? So, similar to what I just said, you want to if you want to do something that's, you know, cool or whatever, like pick one or two big moments that are important to you. And that's where you focus a lot of the money. And then everything else, it's basically outlining your priorities. If music is really important to you, and let's say, I don't know, the food, those are the two things then that you're going to want to spend the majority of your budget on and then you need to be a lot smaller and creative on how you spend money on the rest of the things. I also think that people don't realize how expensive everything is in the wedding industry. So you need to do some research on what is an average cost. And then you got to get a little creative. You have to think outside the box on ways to save money. My one thing is, is that I would suggest COVID makes us a lot easier because weddings are, you know, we have the mini-money and the the micro wedding and all that stuff. The easiest way to have a less expensive wedding is to have a small wedding. So, you know, under 20 people would be one way to do that. Then the other thing is, is keep it, just keep it simple. When people go overboard and they have, you know, they think that being DIY actually saves them money. It doesn't. It also just drives you insane and you have all this stuff at the end of the party that you have to deal with and it's just it's annoying it costs more money for your team and or whoever is there to like clean everything up you have to take all of it with you I would say just be super simple I just posted a picture of a tablescape actually on the anti-wedding wedding club Instagram I think there's two of them actually and they're really simple like Uh, An assortment of vases, you know, if you're like me, I collect vintage vases, so I have a bunch. So if you have 20 people, or even if you had 30, 40, that's maybe two long tables. You can do um, a bunch of different sized colors vases. You can do single buds in each one. And then, you know, just make sure that the aesthetic kind of matches you you don't have to go crazy you don't need to have six foot tall flower topiaries on your table I would say outline your priorities between you and your spouse what is important and then that's where you should focus how much ever money that you think that you can spend on that and then kind of go from there okay guys that is it for me today I hope you guys had a great Labor Day weekend that you stayed safe and wore your mask and all that jazz and we'll talk to you next week bye